You unlock this door by pressing play on your podcast player. Beyond it is Aspara, another world. A world of distractions, a world of horrors, a world of betrayal. You're moving into a land of neither good nor evil, of blurry lines and gray areas, of what happened last time on The Incursible Party. The nearly constructed tower safe for now. The party uncovers the power source of Tinnerman's constructs. Shaft recovers a small sack crafted from humanoid skin from the Iron Cobra with Nina's voice. Severing the tubules that hold it in place reveals the bag's contents to be some kind of life essence as it escapes before the tubes are tied off. You've now crossed into the continuing adventure. Okay, so should we just take the night, stay here? How much time do we have left? Yeah, do we know what time of night it is? Uh, well, night has, has really just fallen, so it's mm. maybe a couple hours before, before midnight. And we have four more days till Samuel comes? That's right, yeah. What if we rest tonight and then we leave at dawn? Go into Ducal while it's still dark? Or should we wait the whole time till the replacements come? Well, you definitely know that the scheduled next shift is for dawn. Ideally, they will arrive Hopefully before sooner. that. Right, yeah. We absolutely. sent uh, Halsa, Mullen, and Drag to try and get them to come sooner, but it could take as long as dawn, potentially. I say we stay here, protect these guys in case things go awry, and uh, if everything goes smooth, then I can bind these wounds up a little bit and head into Jukal in the morning. Yes, perhaps we can get a little bit of shelter uh, in the tower. I don't know. But uh, I agree. I, th I think they would appreciate us keeping watch with them. They're down some numbers. It does not seem as we have a choice. Falzern, you going to burn the bodies? Is there anything we can learn from them before I do? Yeah, did you? Did they? I'm assuming they had the tattoos, but was there any other markings on them? Well, perhaps we should look a bit closer. Yeah, I'll walk over towards the uh, bodies. As you are uh, all walking towards the nice uniform pile that Abe Zarin has created, Shakara, you catch your reflection for the first time in, in a long time. Uh, especially since some of your recent changes. But in, in one of the discarded sh pieces of metal torn from one of the constructs, you see yourself and what's, what's physically happened to you for the first time, really. I will look at myself and see where the scales have fallen off. And I will hesitantly reach up and touch my face to feel the skin underneath. And I will just look at it and if anybody's paying attention I will look a little sad and my hand will drop to my side then I will look then I will give myself a nod and look resolute and determined and a little angry and I'll look out into the distance and stalk off Ibsarin had done a pretty good job of piling up these orc bodies. There were quite a number of them. Uh, so you just want to look over them, uh, kind of see what's on them kind of thing, and or, or what exactly is there something specific you might be looking for? I think we uh, just want to look and see what the tattoos, get a closer look at the tattoos and see if there's anything else, other markings or anything that might have changed since the last time we've seen one of these uh, orcs. Yeah, it's true. Like any hint of like sort of... Miyogi information that maybe we don't know, or, you know. Okay. Know. Yeah, yeah. One of them is carrying the uh, encyclopedia of Neogi, so you have all Oh, the beautiful. Mm, just as I thought. What are the odds? So, right? Why would they bring a historian into battle? Idiots. <laughs> well, maybe they're short on, uh, short on mind control orcs. You know. Well, if they have to do history checks, it's good to have them around to get advantage. <laughs> he was weeks away from finishing his PhD in the Neogi sciences. God, he worked so hard on that thesis. I know. The tattoos <laughs> on there. This is mine now. <laughs> yeah. The tattoos on their forehead. So I, you know, inspecting like a handful of them. Th there are very few that have the exact same tattoo. 
if you recall some of the few times that you've seen them before, they're always, there's like, uh, they're variations, right? It's almost, they're like different, uh, like, like characters of a language almost. So there's clearly this type of, uh, like, like they're, they're similarities, uh, like a structure, right? Like the foundations of this kind of symbol or, or, or sign, but there's, there's variations. So it's actually, once you have this look at them and get a little familiar with them, it's pretty easy to actually pick out the differences amongst the tattoos. Subtle, but being more and more accustomed to them, uh, clearly this is some type of way to, to like demark maybe ownership or uh, like, you know, who, who mind controls whom. Like a signature kind of from the artist type thing. <laughs> but yeah, maybe something like that, exactly. The only other thing about the tattoos specifically on, it looks like all of the orcs that you're inspecting, they look faded in the flesh of, of their mm. of the orcs like they've been on them for a long time like they're old tattoos hmm. i wonder how long ago they were held captive like look at this they certainly don't seem like fresh tattoos yeah any uh any indication of to what tribe they may belong to uh, you've certainly the maybe tatters of uh, tribal clothing still left over but as well as the age of that t- the tattoos, it seems any of their uh, their their garb is also aged. And clearly, the Neogi have had no real reason to to you know keep them in the newest or freshest of clothing. They're functional. They're still functional. Um, so yeah, you can definitely make out specific orcs uh, sharing you know specific tribal colors. So it does seem like there is again a, a mixture of of tribes here uh, under the, the, you know, the enslavement of the Niyogi. Now, like, their appearance, do they look, uh, okay, as, I know how orcs are, but, like, do they look more disheveled than usual? Like, you know, like, they've got, they look homeless, like, no showers, beards, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I I do. I do know what you mean. And I think, um, I think Shaft would certainly be the authority to to point something like that out. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, they, they certainly look uh, ungroomed. Uh, again, maybe it, disp- I, it it would certainly depend on the tribe too, whether or not that is uh, like the status quo amongst you know right. the specific group of orcs. But definitely, as if you know, like these these look like older orcs as well. They're not uh, young as uh, orcs kind of age quite quickly right they don't they have a lifespan i think is a little shorter than that of a human so they are clearly unkempt you know longer hair maybe some uh, broken and jagged fingernails that kind of stuff i have an idea yeah and i will walk over to the pile of orcs and look for three that look the freshest and i will cast animate dead freaking kidding me and revive three of them then we now have three work zombies <laughs> okay <Holy crap>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and i will look at the rest of you and i'll say we now have bodyguards uh, they will my, do my bidding do not worry my goodness shikara that is some <sighs> interesting magic you're able now, is to this uh is this another coven ability, or <laughs> it, it is another wow, coven ability? Look at that! <laughs> so yeah, Shakara just kind of you know you find some of the youngish-looking ones, right? Maybe some of the ones that also had some of the fewest uh, wounds from the battle, kind of thing, right? Yes. Pull them out, drag them, and you know perform your 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 magics, and more scales start to flake from your face, almost like this dramatic. <clears throat> amount of, of scales fall off. And I just wipe my face and get them, like, just, like, a little bit of an itch and just wipe them off my face and yeah. just go about my business. As you scratch and wipe and just more come across, uh, come off at your at your touch. Um, Shikara. I just glance over at Mia and, uh, and, and over at Falzrin and just <sighs> sort of give him a head shake, like. Falzrin raises his brows. I, Mia's like scratching her head and like looking side-eyed at Shakar. like, Shakar, what are you thinking? This is an abomination. What are you doing? They can protect us. 
Sure, they can't but stand like... guard for us. We do not care about these creatures. Why not use them to our advantage? No. Why not save one of us? Why not save one of the paladins and send these orcs off to fight their own? Can you give them commands? Like, can they go uh, find the rest of them and tell them to go somewhere else? I can command them to attack. Hmm. I feel like this is not the type of magic we should be messing with, Shakara. Did we what not? What type of magic should we be messing with? Now, Shakara, okay. Mia. Okay. Mia, I, I appreciate your background and your upbringing, but. Um, Shakara had the same background. She also agreed that undead constructs are evil, and then, like, look at her now. Well, She's freaking losing scales. Yes, it, it is. Uh, it is what? only a byproduct of the power I have been given that I will use for the betterment of Aspara. How else are we to protect ourselves and this land and those that we are guarding? I, I will say, Shikara, it, it is a bit disconcerting. I just, you the should have asked us, magic. you just did it. I need your permission? Look, hey, for tonight, let's just let it go. Tonight we can sleep and they can stand guard. I look down at, at my wounds because I'm definitely not doing very well. And I said, I don't mind uh, three people uh, sort of wandering around to, to take some arrows while I get some rest. I, I agree with Shaft. This is not the time to have this discussion. I, I would just say, Shakara, be careful of how deep you go down this path. It's having visible effects on your body and perhaps other effects that we cannot see. Some magic comes at a cost. Is any cost too great to save what you love? Is it to save what you love, or is it because you like expressing this new power you have? I did it for us. Right. I did it for the land. I did it for all of our families and all of our friends. Mm-hmm. But, but Shakara, I, I would remind you of what Alamar has tried to convince us of that no price is too great for his goals, which seem to be reasonably just. He wants to protect Heracleon, but is lichdom a reasonable means to that end? Any, anyway, I, I I think we've all said our piece, uh, Shakara. Um, well, I have a lot yeah. more to say, but I just I don't even know where to start. And I just completely turned my back on Mia, and I turned to Falzerin. I thought we had an understanding. I, I thought we point, were Falzerin. cut from the same cloth. This is... And I do feel, I do notice the changes, obviously. But I feel we are in extreme circumstances. And extreme measures must be taken. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we can't go through another round like we just had. Uh, none of us will make it out. Yes, uh, I think we need to work together. Sure. Here's the problem. Mia, this is not something I take Shikara, once they attack and we see them in the distance, revive them then. Why do it now without any, like, Because it takes warning. me time and energy okay. to do this. This is not an easy spell. I just can't believe, like, you knew how I felt and you just did it. Let's I knew sorry. what I would say. I am sorry. I will warn you next time. Although I hope there will never be another need. That's what you say. Great. That's settled. Now let's uh, figure out how we can sort of put some stuff around here to protect us if things uh, go awry again. And I go over to one Ask of the, the wagons and sort of, sort of push some wagons and stuff around the front. There's only one entry into this uh, tower, correct? I do not have the energy to revive them all. The tower does only have uh, one... Uh, way in, and it was uh, you know it's a, it looks like it's a, a, a well constructed door. It does have some of that uh, like metal ribbing and, and reinforcement in it, and uh, so there are no wagons around here. There were again, so Silas had directed Lance and Hannigan to start collecting what equipment they had uh, in hopes of, of figuring something out, some additional way to to maybe defend themselves should another attack come. So these are the supplies that they have. They have two block and tackles, 
100 feet of chain, 500 feet of rope, 50 extra torches, 5 flasks of oil, 20 pitons, 25 one foot long metal spikes, uh, a few additional weapons like three wooden shields, it looks like there's a bundle of about 20 javelins, uh, two nets, and then two sleds for moving, you know, again, equi equipment itself. Just throw it on and you can, you know, push it and move large amounts of material much more, more quickly, right? So those are, that's kind of the loose jumblings of, of equipment that you have at your disposal. If there is anything that you want to try to do as far as set up defenses or anything, that's what Silas and Lance and Hannigan are going to be trying to do themselves. Uh, basically waiting for Dreg's return with reinforcements, right? So it's really up to all of you whether or not you want to uh, pitch in or if you just think you want to maybe take a short rest and roll some hit dice. Uh, Shakara can get her zombies to do whatever <laughs> whatever she wants. Um, so it's up to you. I mean, you've got full run of the place. <laughs> can you remind me what's remaining of, like, functioning constructs? What, are, what didn't get killed? Uh, so all three of the stone defenders are functioning. There's two iron cobras and then the three oaken bolters, which are, like, on the sides of the towers. And I will remind you, it is, uh, it's nighttime, so, you know, your vision on this battlefield is limited as well. So those are kind of the elements in the, that you're battling with as well. So what do you all do? I suggest we use the tower as, uh, some kind of defense area. Lock it off with something around the front door so they can't gain entry. Maybe put, post some people up there on the scaffolding to be able to shoot some arrows down if uh, we get the opportunity. And uh, I might be able to scout out and see if anything's coming. And I uh, sort of give a, a look over at Mia and go, Hey, you got a second? And I start walking over around the back side of the tower. I'll follow Shaft. So I say, uh, I take the manacles off of my wrist that, that are double up on one wrist and hand them over to her and go, if I'm going to be out there, I need a quick way to get back. Put these on and I ought to be able to teleport back to you when I when I need to. Where are you going? I'm going to go out to the northwest. If, if anything else is coming, I assume it's going to be right behind where the last group came. And uh, I'll just sneaky sneaky out there and see if anything's... Uh, on its way. Okay, yeah, I mean, glad that we can use these, sure. So I, uh, I take the manacles and they grow like four sizes bigger to fit around my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and her manacles grew four sizes Just that like day. Just like your heart. Four sizes that day. <laughs> they go from the, uh, the wrist of a six-year-old child to that of an Amazonian, uh, yep. magically, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put them on my, like, shield arm. Okay. So then if sense. he also, like, zaps back right to the manacles, he's, like, behind the shield. <laughs> <laughs> he's about as big as my shield. It's fine. So I'm going to go ahead and just cast, uh, well, I have, I'm not going to do anything right now. I'm just going to go ahead and start moving out in the darkness, trying to track, if the best I can, where the last group came from and slowly move uh, from sort of cover to cover, listening as I go. Shaft, would you like to take one of... And I gesture to the zombies. With you as a bodyguard? No, they're noisemakers. Yeah, this is more of like a stealth mission, I would assume. Don't worry, guys. I've uh, got the shackles on my wrist. He's going to go look out, see what he can find. He's We know he's the sneakiest one. That is true. All right, so what can we do around here at the tower? Any ideas? These oaken bolters, Leland, um... From what I understand, they're sort of like a like an oversized, sort of like an oversized crossbow. Yeah, they're they're like automated ballistae. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Uh, I wonder if these oaken bolters happen to to be in the battle when any of these winged creatures return. Perhaps we could fashion some of this rope or chain to one of the bolts, and if they manage to land a shot on one of these winged beasts, we could have it on a rope, prevent it from flying around. 
pull it down to the ground. Is there any controlling where they shoot? Well, I suppose that is the issue, is we... We probably don't have any control over what they target. Is Silas around anywhere? Uh, yeah, definitely. Once we've started talking about, you know, setting up the defenses, he's certainly with you. Uh, Silas, Captain, these oaken bolters, are they fairly autonomous, or is there any way to sort of control what they might aim at should we get attacked again throughout the night? I mean, if you want to man them like a regular uh, ballista, you, you absolutely can. There's oh. nothing stopping you from, from directing where they're firing. So you're suggesting that we bring them down to the ground then and off of the top of the towers? or? Well, no, I think they're at a very advantageous place on, on the tower. I wonder if a person might be able to get up alongside or behind one of them and and guide it to target specific enemies. I was thinking perhaps we could fashion a, a length of rope or chain to one of the bolts within it, and if we get attacked by these flying beasts again... We could target them, and if we land a shot, pull them down from out of the sky. I like it. Uh, I can certainly have the, the men up there manning the ballistae. It looks like we have more rope than chain falls, and I, how far do these things shoot? Well, I suppose we could, you know, if, if we're manning them, we could hold off and wait until one of these flying creatures gets closer. Now, this scaffolding, what does it look like? Is it like just wood? Yeah, so that was the, uh, it is made of wood. It does look a, a little rickety and only goes about about 50 feet uh, high, which is about half the, the height of the tower itself. And how thick are the posts sort of like, I'm guessing it's just kind of like modern scaffolding in a way where it's just like evenly spaced posts horizontally and vertically. It's a, as uniform as, as, you know, as it could have been lashed together. It's clearly just bound together by, by rope. Um, planks of wood over top of basically the frame of it right like and like the frame though how thick would the pieces be that's what I'm I would to say they're probably like anywhere between three to six inches in diameter okay. they're not all uniform uh, it's clearly like you know hand carved pieces and right some of it looks like it's actually just like scrap material and, and as if they've used whatever they've had on hand I just wonder guys if like if we're going to set any traps, we could set a trap under the scaffolding, and it looks pretty flimsy. Like, if we could hook up these foot-long spikes on the one side, on the north side, and like, you know, in last-ditch effort, get the orcs or any enemies below it, just knock it over right on top of them. I think that's not a bad idea. They they may see this scaffold and and see it as a, a means Try to climb, to climb up, and if we set it up so that it can be brought down on, on top of them that may take out quite a few looks like we have like some some pitons some some spikes like I don't know we could just try to make it sort of like a like a diversion into the trap and then spring the trap if it came to that I like it we could throw down some oil on top of them and I could light it aflame or Shikara you know she's a certainly are you still a dragon you want to light me aflame no, 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 like, you are a dragonborn still, right? You could light it yourself. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I have not used my breath weapon in some time, but... Yes. Okay. Well, of course she's still a dragonborn, Mia. It... I mean, she's like three quarters in the let's face not... now, but... Let's move on. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, look, these are all great ideas. First thing we're gonna do, we're gonna light up this battlefield. It was a hell of a time out there fighting. He just, you know, again, motions to Lance and Hannigan, kind of gives them uh, the, the the torches, right? And they kind of set off uh, out into the, in the same direction the shaft had taken off, really. And they, it looks like they're just, they're just taking the torches, lighting them, and just jabbing them into the ground about every 20 or 30 feet. They are human, so they don't have dark vision, so they definitely need uh, the light. Plus, though, the light is actually going to give all of you uh, more of a, you know, a, a field of vision as well. Right. Far more, outside of just range. your dark vision. Yeah, absolutely. Which also means that the Oaken Bolters will be able to see further and shoot further. So that's what they're doing. Where are the Oaken Bolters' eyeballs? <laughs> well, you do see they have, like, those draconic faces on them, so you can go up there and look for ball eyeballs. Well, 
You can go out there and look for eyeballs <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's at some fault. yeah, maybe at, <laughs> maybe at some point while I'm in the scaffolding and like setting that trap, I'll like examine closer. But Silas also continues. Y- you know what, Falzern? I think it's not going to be enough just to rope down any potential flying creatures. We got to have the men to pull them down. We should put something heavy on the end of the rope. If we can maybe get the one of the one or two of these sleds up there. Load them up with shit. We can just push them through the hole in the in the top if we rope something. Pull them right down. Yes, I like that idea. So, there is a little bit of dead weight around here. I, like, nod my head to the dead bodies. Yes, I will command the former orcs. Well, they're still orcs, the right? Eh? The, what should we call them? The orc and borkers. We could call them... The we could shorten former orcs into forks, perhaps. Dorks. They're dead orcs. They're dorks. Yes. <laughs> I will command the dorks to carry the sleds up. <laughs> <laughs> the dorks. <laughs> All right. Um, let's... Okay, I'm going to need some checks. So, Mia, are you going to be attaching spikes to the scaffolding here? Yeah, I'm going to... Because I have a hammer. It's perfect. (laughs) 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 That's why I was wondering how thick it was, because if it could, like, from the back, just pound them in, I could get it done pretty quick. Right, (laughs) right. Still sticking out eight inches, whatever. Average. Average size spike. I'm going to get a (laughs) check from the three of you. You can make your case what kind of skill you would like to roll and the skill is gonna depending on what dc you meet it's gonna determine how effective your your measures are here um whether that that's like with tying off the ropes to the bodies i mean obviously it's gonna be pretty efficient for the dorks to get the get the you know some other additional dorks uh the non-undorks up to the top there to lash ropes around (laughs) So, Mia, what kind of check do you want to make for me? What kind of skill would you like to, to apply? I think athletics makes sense. Just, like, trying to use my hammer and, like, my strength and ability to, like, not fall and die to my death off the scaffolding, attach things, yada, yada. Okay, absolutely. And also, the the, the, the better you perform on these checks is going to determine how long it takes you to finish your task as well. I rolled a 23. Okay. Very good. That would be a nat 20, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> That's a yeet. Falls are. Ah, well. What are the odds I can convince you that this has anything to do with magic? <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence. <laughs> One might say that it's a bit of a survival skill to be able to, you know, pound spikes, that sort of thing. And if you look at the description of it, it's not. <laughs> Righto. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I survival can... is following tracks, hunting wild game, yeah, guiding yeah, your group yeah. through wastelands. Okay. You're not properly using the help command. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Oh, Falzer, and you asked for help. Uh, you should probably try to say that your, your insight into where the right spot to put the spike is perfect. So, I mean, it's probably athletics or strength, either either of which I have. Well, you don't necessarily have money. to be helping put in spikes. You could be doing something else, right? Like something. Yeah, true. <gasps> You're smart. Just do something smart people do. <laughs> Just do something smart. <laughs> Fresh out of ideas. Whether or not that's as simple as, like, you know, utilizing these nets somehow or figuring out where you want to keep the oil to just just some type of plan is all you need is loose plan to, to put in. Like some okay. type of, just outline a scenario for me where you would utilize something here. And I can, I mean, you can apply an intelligence, you can do just an intelligence role if you want to something like that. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to focus, I am going to focus on the oil because I'm an evocation wizard. So fire plus oil equals good things happening. And I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll. Where the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will um, also work on setting up a net um, at the base of the tower in front of the the entrance so that if the entrance happens to get swarmed and they're looking like they're going to make their way through, um, perhaps I can set up uh, some sort of pulley system using the block and tackles. I have a quick question. If you were to attach a net somehow onto the 
the bolter, right? Because you're saying you're going to put a rope on it, too. Would, like, a net help bring down a flying creature, potentially, just from, like, getting tangled in its wings or something? But if it's on the end of the rope, it's the net's not going to... But if you, like, aimed up... Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be exceptionally difficult. You would have to uh, do something to the bolt that would get shot as well. Like, you would have to... I mean, and I would certainly let you make the check to, to try to fasten something like that, but it's um, it might be a little more involved than just simply attaching a net to the end of an arrow. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. You'd probably have to attach two bolts to short rope with the net strung between and then fire them both simultaneously. It wouldn't even be a bad thing to do that with two bolters, like, and aim it at the ground, like an army of charging people. True. So why am I coming up with this? We can make it sound like the smart wizard did, but like we can re-record it. Like you're you're the idea person. Falzer is yeah. the the one that figures out how to actually do the mechanics of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you're the dreamer, Mia. That's <laughs> oh, what demigods do. It's tough. It's tough being a demigod. I think the oil uh, situation is pretty straightforward. Um, I, I we're probably just gonna huck them down. Um, on orcs trying to get up the tower or get inside and then light them aflame. And then, as Mia was saying, uh, perhaps, uh, I think I'll set, we have two nets, so one at the entrance to the tower so that they can't uh, get inside easily. And then, yeah, I think maybe if we can string two of these huge bolts to one net and fire them simultaneously and take a flying beast out of the sky, that would be pretty epic. I don't know if you think intelligence is reasonable to come up with the smarts to. I think that's fine. I think it's more. There's no engineering role, so I think that I'll I'll definitely take that. You can absolutely just you can just make a straight intelligence role, I suppose. Can I just clarify with you, Lillian, that when I'm doing the spikes and setting up the scaffolding, I think I would also be like maybe using some of the wreckage or something, kind of making like a pry bar sort of thing to make it easier to push from like a lower level or something. Okay. Yep. I don't know. Absolutely. You can um, you can even maybe uh, uh, weaken some of the lower supports. Uh, but you did say mm-hmm. you want – do you want to have people on it or you just want to use it uh, to tip over? No, I think it's going to be like just the structure falling. I don't want anyone falling with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the idea too of like maybe on one on each side, like some sort of like prying okay. sort of system instead of just pushing where you're more likely to then fall. Like I'd rather us be leaning back than leaning forward. All right. Are there stairs inside the tower? How do we get to the top? So it's a it's like a spiral staircase, if you recall. The description from a couple episodes goes uh, along the inside of it. It just stone spirals all the way up to the top. Yeah. Okay. So we don't need the scaffolding. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so I have a 14 on my intelligence check. It's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. Um, Shakara. So you are commanding the dorks to, to bring other dorks up top and anything else? Am I taking the sleds up with the dorks? Um, it depends on whether or not you think the bodies would be enough. Because um, if you had a, a number of bodies in mind could also factor into just how long it would take to set up as well. Uh, so each, if each dork carries a dork, a dead orc, uh, and then I can also probably haul one small dead orc. Mm-hmm. That might be enough. How many bodies do we need at the top of the tower? I look around at anybody that wants to answer. <laughs> How many fit in the sleds? Suppose we could load up a sled with three or four of them? Yeah, if it's not too much weight to load it fully at this level, I mean, tower's pretty high. When I'm done here, I could help you. I will uh, command the th- three dorks under my command to load up one of the sleds with four dead orcs and the four of us will then drag it all up to the top of the tower and for this I will use athletics 21 okay you all are uh, doing quite well okay so shaft it's incredibly easy to pick up the tracks of the last attack like it's there was like two dozen orcs uh, you could very easily follow their their tracks in the opposite direction that they had been traveling. Okay, I wanna I wanna follow those out. Maybe 
a mile or so. Uh, along the way, are is there any brush or trees or anything uh, in the area? Or is it open? It is quite open. There might be a, a very minimal amounts of vegetation. Uh, as you are, you're actually getting very close to the like the base of the mountains. Okay, so I want to pick up some some items that I could sort of st- stick here and there for creating some kind of camouflage. Uh, I have an ability called Hide in Plain Sight, which will allow me to sort of blend in with the the area. So I want to uh, gather those materials um, that I think might be handy if if something comes along. And uh, I want to try, as I say, I want to go out about a mile, maybe a little bit further, and then I'm just going to stop and take uh, sort of a off the, the beaten path a little ways and, uh, and try to take a short rest while just listening to see if I hear or see anything off in the distance. Try to find a high vantage point. Okay, absolutely. So you bunker down, so you don't need to make any... Um, what, what does the hide in plain sight exactly do? So you can spend one minute creating camouflage for yourself from naturally occurring materials. Once you're camouflaged, you can try to hide by pressing yourself against a solid surface and gain a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks uh, as long as you remain there without moving or taking action. So it's sort of, I've prepped for this uh, situation in case uh, something comes over the hill or sneaks up on me, I can try to try to hide. Then go ahead and make me a, a, a stealth for kind of the last in this this loose uh, skill ch- skill challenge. <laughs> so that is a so I'm giving you a uh, yeah let's go ahead so that is a eighteen or nine I see be twenty. All right, that's pretty good. I will say uh, you you are gonna get your short rest, but a little before that is is complete so yeah you you know you're walking uh, about a mile out and you know you find your place to to hunker down and and, you know all camouflage up and basically waiting for activity right Mm -hmm. so back at the tower then uh it's gonna take it will take falls in the better part of of an hour uh maybe closer to an hour and a half to to figure out just exactly how to how to load up and, and make this net bolt <laughs> contraption, right? In addition to uh, rigging up the, the door as well with the net, right? Yep. Is it reasonable to, like, can we count that as a short, performing a short rest during that period, or no. is that too much activity? No. Unfortunately, the three of you will not get uh, a short rest there. So the, the, so the way you've made the, the bolt, the bolters, right? They, the two you've, you have a choice after successfully creating this projectile, fingers crossed it's gonna work, obviously. You're gonna have to fire it to figure out whether it works. But you have the Mm -hmm. choice to preload them and keep it loaded, uh, which would mean if something that you didn't want to fire the net at came around, that's all that they would be loaded to fire. You would have to unload them, which would be an action, and then to load them back up again, which would be a second action, right? Because there's people manning these things now. So you have the choice whether or not to, to keep, which I would say would occupy two of the three, right? To keep them loaded. And that's also going to go for the the bolts that you've... Because you have a third bolt that you can just tie a rope to, right? Which With no net and see how effective that could be. So you have that choice. I don't know if you want to preload those. Uh, we'll call it the special ammunition. If you want to preload them or not. I'm thinking we wait until we see flying enemies before we load them. Okay. So just we'll just work with the standard ammunition until we see flying enemies. Making an executive decision. And uh, the Paladin, so Silas, Lance, and Hannigan, they they've they finished lighting up the battlefield. So now you you have light uh, to for a distance about 150 feet. They've put basically a row of torches, uh, as many as they could. They were you know with the limited amount that they have. Again, kind of almost it almost makes like it. At the t- standing at the top of the tower, it's like making this like runway that they've kind of steered and curved it towards the jury rigged scaffolding as well, kind of trying to make this loose trail f- for whatever effect that may or may not have. And you also see that they've taken uh, the javelins 
and just around the the uh, front door of the tower itself, they've jabbed them into to the ground to make up you know very quick makeshift kind of spike barricade. Um, again, whether what's that gonna, what that's going to be worth is <laughs> about to see if it gets tested, if and when it gets tested. So once all that work done is done, you can all certainly settle in for uh, your own short rest if if you wanted. Yes, absolutely. I would be interested in, in uh, rolling some hit die and recovering some spell slots. Same. The the paladins are going to be uh, hunkered in the tower as well. They're going to leave the stone defenders. Uh, as you see, they they've you know as Silas commands the stone defenders. They set up around the uh, right up against the the stone walls of the tower, right, and then they they go completely motionless. And it's almost like they kind of immediately camouflage right in with their their big stone slabs kind of thing. The Iron Cobras uh, will be doing a, a kind of a loose patrol at the very beginning of the torch trail, this runway, this torch runway. So they're still out there. Lance and Handigan go up to the top, right, to man the, the ballistae along with Silas. So they're keeping the bird's eye view. You all can hang out at the top as well. Uh, do you just want to be inside the tower at the bottom? I want to be up top, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. I will command two of the dorks to go guard the door of the tower, and if anything gets through, they should attack. Okay. And you do see there there is, you can bar the door inside the, the tower to, to like, okay. it has its own wooden bar that you can throw in front of it. So uh, you can certainly lock it up if you want. Yeah. Yeah, do that too. Like, I basically see Mia keeping her distance from Shakara, so if Shakara like, settles downstairs, she's like peace, like, just goes upstairs. I was gonna stay upstairs. Okay. Well, basically, I'm not going anywhere those dorks are. There's two downstairs and one upstairs. Okay, well, there's less upstairs, so. <laughs> <laughs> the bath checks out. Falzern's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be upstairs as well, because um, he plans on uh, helping out with the launching the special ammunition should it need to be launched okay. and uh, as well as throwing flasks of oil on approaching enemies and lighting them afire okay you should light the net on fire Ooh, soak would, the net in really oil that would really help his tensile strength <laughs> <laughs> and you see so where they've positioned the, the two you just brought the one, one sled up there yes one sled with four dead orcs on okay. it. Okay. So where do you want, you want to position that at, um, I think I would say the sled's probably a little too large for the, the you know, if you recall the ceiling of this tower for or the top floor, which I guess is <laughs> relatively speaking, the ceiling if you're inside. Uh, it has that hole in the middle, right? I don't, the hole's not quite large enough for the sled itself. So you could just position the sled at the top of the stairs to be able to just like push down uh, the stone steps. Um, might take a couple a couple of you to, to give it a push once something's latched or hooked, once you've hooked the hooked the catch of the day, but uh, that's set up to go. And you can all settle in for, for a short rest. So, back to Shaft. You are waiting uh, an hour at least, so go ahead and you can roll up some hit dice and heal whatever what you want, get, you get back whatever you get back at a short rest. Okay, I've already done that. Okay, great. After, you know, you've been out here for an hour and a half or so and you hear footsteps and grunting and along the same same trail it doesn't look like they're trying to make any effort in trying to alter uh their attack patterns but you see a group of four orcs orc warriors very dressing similar garb similar look up to them to to the bodies that you had inspected heading towards the tower yeah are they are they uh all together and yeah they're in a loose group and none, no others that I see around. No, not from where you are. I'm gonna. How far away are they from me? Uh, well, just how about how far off have you have you gone from uh, the trail? You would probably want to stay within your dark vision, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd probably be thirty feet or so off the trail, and uh, so when they get about within hundred and twenty feet of me, I'm going to cast a spell called Windwall. And uh, so a strong wind rises up from the ground at a point right in the middle of them. Uh, and I can make a wall up to 50 feet long and 15 feet high, about a foot thick. And I'm going to shape it into a, into a, a straight path that sort of 
or whatever the best opportunity is for me to get most of them in that that area. And when it appears, they must make a strength saving throw um, or take damage. I can tell you what that would be. Oh, okay. Um, two of them are going to fail, and two will pass. Okay, they take three d eight. Yeah, so twelve points of damage each, and I, I sort of want to stay outside of their their range. And um, what the, what happens? Do they? So sorry, could you describe the the wall? It's just like buffeting winds, like just smashing into them, or a strong a wall of strong wind rises up from the ground from a point you choose within range. You can make a wall up to 50 feet long, 15 foot high, and one foot thick, and shape the wall in any way you choose, as long as it's a continuous path along the ground. The wall lasts for the duration, which is one minute. It is a concentration spell. And uh, so this this, this wall of, of wind rises up off the ground and pushes them, um, you know, off, to, off the side of the path, I guess. Uh, they don't take any, you know, they don't go prone or anything like that. It just does... You know, like wind damage. I, I assume they 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 look. You know, they, just, they sound surprised and, and they they're grunting and they're you know obviously looking around and you see that they start to fan out a bit. Uh, clearly searching for the source of of whatever hit them. Okay, so if uh, I get an opportunity, I go ahead and I want to shoot a couple arrows at them. Okay, now sorry to back up a bit. You said uh, when they were 120 feet. Remember, you're cont- you're contending with the limits of your dark vision. That's right. So, um, how far away are they then? I guess still 120 feet. Well, you you can definitely hear them if they're 120 feet away, but you can't see them to determine that they're that far away. Like you hear them well before you see them, right? Okay, then I'm gonna move up. I'm gonna move up closer to the noise, uh, you know, slowly, and I'm gonna go ahead and. Well, I, I want to keep the spell going so they can't go through that wall if they're on the other side. Okay, but my, no, my, my my point is you have to see the spot in which you place the wall, yes? Uh, it says you can make a wall uh, uh, on the ground at a point you choose within range of 120 feet. So that's, that's up to you how you want to play that. If you want me to move closer, I'll, I'll move closer. Just give me a perception check. 22. Okay. I'm going to let you go off of uh, kind of pinpointing them with, with your hearing, and you can certainly throw up the wall. So you've heard the effects of it, and if you want to get closer to, to actually see what they're doing, I mean, they are fanning out. We've already That's what they're going to do. But if you do want to get closer to within a site in which you can put arrows into them, you can certainly track their noises and try to find them. Yeah. Okay, I think I'll, yeah, I'll just sort of try to, you know, flank around. Um, in the darkness, trying to see if they're going to head any uh, other direction. I assume they're going to go away from the wind wall that's created because they would they would take damage if they went into it. So I'm going to sort of go around and try to get a little closer with my bow out. And if I see an opportunity with them within you know 30 feet of or so of my dark vision, I'm going to try to loose an arrow. If not, so I'll just basically ready an action. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well within your 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 dark vision, you you can get easily get the jump on two of them. See, the wall is kind of like bisected the group, right? It kind of separated uh, separated them. So there it looks like there's about two on either side of of the uh, effects of your spell, and they are kind of circ- try circling the effects, right? You know, but also making this kind of circ- circular path uh, around it as they're kind of fanning out, um, searching for for whoever cast it. Okay, so the, the this wind wall will not will not allow. Uh, smoke, fog, gases, uh, flying creatures, arrows, things like that will, will would have a problem through this wind wall. So I'm going to take the two on this side. Okay, so like on your side of the wall. On my side and try to uh, try to shoot an arrow into them. Okay, that's a 26 to hit. Um, do either of the two that I'm shooting at take damage already? Uh, yes, they all look like they've suffered some effect from your spell. Okay, so the first attack would be 19 points of damage if a 26 hits, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely. And second, does that one fall? No, it does not. Then I will take my second attack and uh, shoot it the same one. That is a 21 to hit, and this time it would be 
10 points of piercing damage because I don't get okay. the slayer twice. And then I'm just going to sort of kneel down a little bit from my movement. Your second arrow is enough to put down one of these two in the group that nice. you've targeted. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll get you to roll initiative. <laughs> okay. So that was technically your surprise round, we'll call it. They gotta be able to see me, though, so hopefully that'll... <laughs> when when you reanimate dead, like, what amount of hit points are recovered by these orcs? That's a good... Well, they become Because if zombies, he put a just... regular one down that quick, like, bodyguards... Yeah, they just become zombies, which are not great stats. Yeah, so your little bodyguard theory there is, uh... Not yeah, one or two hits and they're going to be done. They're more of an early warning system. It's still something Yeah, they, they don't get brought back as like the same thing that they were before they died, right? No, no. no. Um, okay, Shaf, what did you get for initiative? Uh, uh, 21. Okay, yeah, you're you're definitely definitely up. All right, there's three three left. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot uh, some arrows into the one that's still on this side of the wall. That's a 24 to hit. Um, that is only 12 points of damage. That's a 15 to hit. That is a hit. Awesome. Okay, that's uh, that's only going to be six points of damage at this point. Still up. Okay. Uh, you see, so the one that you 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 fired. Um, so your your hide in plain sight specifically says if you're not doing anything, right? So that's not going to be... A f well, it says I have to be uh, pressed up against... Let me read it one more time to you. You can spend a minute to create camouflage of your naturally occurring materials. Once you're camouflaged, you can try to hide by pressing yourself against a solid surface to gain plus 10 bonus to stealth checks as long as you remain there without moving or taking actions. So I did take actions. Right. All right. So you're kind of out there, out there normally. So they're definitely going to be able to um, pinpoint the this flurry of arrows that has rained down into them. But um, the other two, though, are still going to be hampered by the wall. So they're going to have to circumnavigate it, right? Mm-hmm. It's 50 foot long. Okay, wow. Okay. So you see, like, okay, many uh, of the orcs that you've known throughout your life, uh, these orcs have the aggressive trait in which they can use their bonus action to, to dash. So one is able to get okay. the one that you've hurt quite a bit is can get right up to you. Uh, the other two lagging up behind uh, because of the the wall interfering with them. And it's just going to take its great axe and uh, swipe at you twice here. Wow, with a uh, <laughs> a critical fail and a ten, <laughs> so it's going to hurt himself. Okay. I think we're good there. Uh, I think we're fine. Ooh, goodness gracious. Um, it's charging you, it's slobbering, and it's great axe high above its head, but it's dark, and you're still kind of camouflaged. He comes in with a swing, fumbles around himself, falling on the blade of his own axe and killing himself. <laughs> 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 so Sucker. And oh, yeah. uh, another one bites the dust, so you're back to, to you. So the, the two, um, they, they've gotten, I say they have uh, probably had enough movement to get around the wall. I imagine too in the dark, it's um, really harder to, to tell the the parameters, the perimeter of this wall. So you can see them as they're they're running. I mean, they're trying to move as quickly as possible, but they're tentatively like mapping the the perimeter of your spell right with their their weapon. You know, they're kind of putting it into it, and it's getting whipped back almost out of their hands as they're trying to figure out just where it's safe for them to walk. Um, so I would say they they get around basically it would be the long edge of the wall, uh, kind of right where you can still pepper arrows into them, uh, so they're not protected really by it. But they will definitely be on you next turn. Okay, so you would say they are within sixty feet of me. Yeah, you think? I definitely. You can still see them. All right. All right. So I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike which will, of course, get rid of my concentration spell, because this is a concentration spell. So the wall will disappear. Uh, so this says, you move like the wind until your spell ends. Your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks, and it lasts one minute. Uh, once before the spell ends, you can give yourself advantage on one weapon attack roll on your turn. Uh, that deals an extra 1d8 force damage on a hit. Uh, whether you hit or miss, your walking speed increases by 30 feet until the end of that turn. So what I'd like to do is pull out my 
scimitar and my short sword and run towards the one in the front of the pack. Uh, so if I'm within 30 feet, I could get there. Um, and then I'm going to make my attack with my scimitar. Ugh, that's not good. That's only a 14 to hit. A 14 still hits. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. thank God. See, they're just like the tatters of, of leather, like hide armors on them. Again, aged armor, clearly not kept up at all or maintained. Um, like a like a proud orc warrior would, would right? have being prideful in its weaponry and what it wears and how it presents himself. Um, there's clearly not able to tend to the, to themselves like they normally would be able to. Okay. So that's 19 points of damage. I'll take my second attack and that one is 26 to hit. And that will be, uh, let's see, 16 points of slashing damage. Yeah. That, uh, another one goes down very easily. <laughs> And then my last attack on the other one. Is he close enough? Well, I still have 30 feet of movement um, with the spell, so I'm going to go ahead and run to him. That's a 28 to hit, and that one will do 32 points of damage. That's piercing, slashing, acid damage on top of that. The short sword of Uzzah. Right. Uh, so that, you know, the, the biting blade of it coated in the acid carving through the hide into its flesh in addition to the damage it suffered from the wall the fourth one is dispatched awesome okay so then I'm, I'll put my weapons away and drag these bodies off maybe 30-40 feet off the main trail and just sort of pile them up and then uh, go back and, and listen and wait and another 30-40 minutes goes by and you hear more steps and, and grunting. And have you taken up the same position utilizing your camouflage and that kind of thing? Yes. Okay, why don't you go ahead and make me another stealth then? You ask him if he's doing that after you tell him there's more footsteps. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, a good point. That was what I was going to do. That is a 27. So like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These sounds and grunts significantly, significantly louder uh, than the, the four that you've easily dispatched. Uh, clearly, much higher numbers are now approaching. Okay. Can I move up enough to get close enough to the, the side of the road where I can see, you know, within my dark vision with the goggles to sort of see as they pass by? I want to go ahead and cast um, Pass Without a Trace at this point, which will then give me a plus 20 to stealth. And I'd like to get right on the edge to be able to sort of count the numbers and see what, what things I can find. So go ahead uh, and do a, give me another stealth here. And as, as you approach, taking up your, your position here with your role, which is? That would be, uh, well, with the camouflage and pass without a trace, that would be a 43. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like a ghost <laughs> in the wind, you... <laughs> Stand, I mean, hell, you could be standing in the middle of the bloody road and they wouldn't be able to see you at this point. But <laughs> I'll be a stump. <laughs> you are a stump. You see there, it looks like there's a, about a dozen and a half uh, orcs. Again, the same type of, of old age warriors um, that you had just dispatched. Not quite as many as the first attack, but still significant numbers. This time accompanied by four Niyogi. I am going to teleport back to Mia. And that's our show. For more Aspar information, visit encouragableparty.com, where you can find all of our social media links, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as our Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive content like blooper reels and patron-only mini-campaigns. Our theme music was created by Josh Jarvis. For any of your musical needs, you can contact him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Well, the rest of our sounds and music throughout our plays provided by tabletopaudio.com and of course our show sponsor Critical Hit Design for your design needs visit criticalhitdesign.com happy adventuring as Shaft quickly teleports away from the approaching wave of orcs and yogi to inform the party back at the tower of their arrival his hasty retreat means he misses the sound 
of large, leathery wings beating high above his vacated position. Barely audible over the low, echoing roar of a lion, the high-pitched bleating of a goat, and the blistering cry of a dragon. <laughs>